0: back to another uh, episode of Dubai Stars. Today I have a very amazing star, someone I look to a lot, uh, Arash Zad. Arash Zad is a real estate lawyer that has been doing this for the past 18 years and I call them the man of the impossible missions. (laughs) Hi Arash, thank you for coming. Hi Anthony, thank you for having me. Arash, um, as I tell every uh, guest uh, coming here is like the main reason of this podcast just to influence people and no matter any industry you are in, you can make it, you can kill it, you can have the success you want as long as you keep pushing. Uh, I know that you've been born and raised in the UAE, but I don't know why you joined the law firm. Why? Why? Uh, what got you in it, first of all?
1: Why did I choose to become a lawyer? Interesting. Um, <laughs> let me put it this way. I was born in a family that, as a tradition, everybody has to become a, a doctor. Yeah, same like every other family. Yeah, you know? yeah. So, two of my other brothers, they become doctors. I was supposed to be a doctor as well. There was, at a certain time, I think I was uh, 14 years old. And I felt that, hey, what am I about to do? I want to be a doctor? Is this really something that I want to be? You know, when I watch Gary Vee, when he says that, uh, stop listening to your parents. Yeah, (laughs) me too. I say the saying, unlearn what your parents so. Parents love they, they love us, definitely. We have no doubt about that, but they have certain mentalities that not necessarily everything that they say will be applicable in this era. Can this I situation. give you my point of view? Of about course.
0: It. I'll, I'll tell everyone why they should stop listening to their parents. Yeah. Okay, because our parents taught us everything that they learned from their parents. And coming on the years, Mm -hmm. our grandparents were living the World War II, Mm -hmm. where everyone, all of their concern was just like to bring food on the table, feed your family, we're still alive, happy days. Mm -hmm. They teach us always to go learn in school, Mm -hmm. then go to university, get a steady job. Now it's the time, if you don't find a girl, My mom will go and arrange a marriage Absolutely Get the girl, okay? Get the girl, start a family, okay? And that's it, life is perfect And then later on you will see this husband struggling He has kids, he has schools, he has expenses They will go into credit cards They will have no money And that's where the real fight starts And they will find out that there was no love in the beginning Mm -hmm. Everything arranged will fall apart eventually. And then they will start blaming their parents. Yeah, it's like right? because of you I did this, yeah, I did yeah, that. Yeah. yeah, so I mean nowadays a steady job is okay, but this is not the life. There's way more into life. Like you can mm-hmm. get married when you feel like it. It's not like because you reach a certain age. <laughs> so yeah, we are in a totally different era. Like back then they used to tell us once you make a million dollars, that's it. You're set for life. You're done. No, yeah. yeah. but the inflation hit. The house used to cost thirty thousand dollars, a car five thousand dollars. So you still have nine hundred and fifty thousand for the rest Absolutely. of your life. Nowadays a home is a so is costing two one. hundred fifty thousand dollars, a car thirty thousand they will last you for 12 years and then yeah. you'll become miserable for Absolutely. the rest of your life. So yeah, le- like unlearn everything <laughs> you learned from your parents, keep loving them, but it's a new phase, a new era. So you, should true. Follow you, this you, you need to do your own research because at the end of the day, I, I'm a type of person that I don't like
1: blaming anyone else or point finger at them. I point finger at myself. Yeah. So I want to be held responsible. Therefore, I decide myself. I'll come to you and listen to your advice. I will listen to so many people but then at the end, I will make the decision, despite whatever I've heard from anyone else. So I, I heard my father and my mother that they wanted me to be a doctor. So for a certain time, I entertained that idea. But at that point, I said that, hey, this is not what I want to be. I hate wounds. I hate scars. I hate blood. I hate being half of my life in hospitals. Yeah. So no, this is not what I want to do. But then I said that, okay, if I don't want to be a doctor, what do I want to be? Right, So I start doing some soul dating and then I realized that um, I like defending people. I like helping people. I like uh, explaining things to Was people. it
0: influenced by a movie or some series? Nothing. nothing. Or nothing. Is the no. Just out of nowhere. I mean, I- like, out of nowhere yeah. because I start thinking
1: because this is what I also uh, tell some um, uh, teenagers that they ask me, I tell them that, hey guys, what you need to do is first of all you need to find out what you are good at, what you enjoy doing. So I did the same with myself. I sat and I thought that, okay, what 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 do I really enjoy? So I I had few criterias and all of those uh, represents a lawyer or a lawyer represents those skills. So then I decided to become a lawyer. You won't believe it, Anton. The day that I wanted to inform or break this news in my house to my parents, it was unbelievable. I was working on myself for two days. That kind of a parent. presentation. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I went to my mom, I said, that mom, I have a big news. I don't want to be a doctor. I said, what? You don't want to be a doctor? What else do you want to be? I said, I want to be a lawyer. Are you kidding me? No way. The whole family, The whole. all your brothers are becoming a doctor. They are successful, this. No, mom. I have made up my mind. I want to be a lawyer. Done. Period. So from that day on, I I knew that that's what I want to become. And
0: that's why I came. Tell me how you joined university. How was being... uh, uh, getting specialized in it? I'm sure it wasn't easy. I'm sure, like... <clears throat> then few years or I mean maybe from the first year you start saying, oh, this is not like what I imagined This is stuff. Maybe mm. I should consider something else like mm. you always have a voice back in your head We're telling you mm. this is hard You will
1: have your own challenges, especially because I was in a route to become a doctor in the high school I, I picked subject which is related to that So now that I wanted to change and deviate from that route and start studying law So I had to study twice as more as my, my friends to, to just be able to finish and uh, join the, the university. So joining the university was also a hassle on, on its own because we had exams and everything. Because I went back to my home country to study law. Here in Dubai we didn't have uh-huh. uh, English uh, law school. Uh, or even if it was, it wasn't like, a uh, good quality. So I had to go back to my home country and finish my uh, law school over there. And you would be surprised, I had to even do compulsory military service. Wow. Uh, because it's by law, you have to do it. So two years of my life also. But the the goal was there, I was just looking at that. That was my objective, that is what I want to reach. I am willing more than more than enough to do whatever is necessary in order to achieve
0: that. So I did everything and then right after that I came back and started fresh. Can we know before coming here, can we know a little bit about the military experience? <laughs> <laughs> because like most of the people listening to this will not know it. I come from Lebanon. We do have it. Yeah. They have it in Syria. Okay. They have it at your home. It's not something it's tough. It's not affordable at all. No,
1: not at, at all. All. not at all. Especially because, so the situation is like this that you need to do three months and you will be like a normal soldier. Then, after three months, which is the training period, then you will have 18 more months that uh, you 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 will be working as a, um, I don't know the grade here, but I think it's a lieutenant or something like that. Two stars, anyway. Okay, yeah. Uh, but because I graduated from law school, so they hired me in the martial Court. So we were attending the martial Court, so it's, it was kind of an experience as well, and learn how you know the courts work over there, and uh, the experienced lawyer, how they represent so, us, uh, in, in, in that situation. So, but that three months, man, you don't want to be there. Of course. You don't want to be there. I remember it was winter when we joined, and, um, you know, you're taken away from your home, you're taken to an unknown area, you know, there was a big bus, all of us were there. So the moment we got off the, uh, the bus, first thing, they just wanted to tell us that, hey, who's the boss here? You guys are no one. So they asked us to start crawling on the cement, on the, on the, on the road, yeah, and it was minus 10 degrees uh so cold and we had to crawl for almost, I don't know, 300 meters, wow. 400 meters. That's the welcome home. That's the welcome home. So we were bleeding, yep. yeah. Our boots, like the leather boots, was already, you know, damaged. It was, it was
0: tough. But <laughs> I mean, this maybe was like uh, shaping you on how life would be looking like. Because people think once you graduate from school or university, you finished everything, Now go to life. No, life is not like as easy as we think about. So jumping from the military, you got uh, four or five years uh, for you to graduate? Uh, Yeah, almost five years. Five years and then you came back to UAE, right? Right. Okay, you came to UAE, you have your degree. Fresh. Fresh, excited. Uh, The sky is the limit. True. I'm sure there was 15, 20 directions. Mm-hmm. Which direction you picked?
1: Well, I had this idea that the moment I come back, all the law firms are waiting for me. You know, welcome, Arash. You know, we have a position for you ready. You just need to jump on the ship. So it was like that. I was not able to find a job in a law firm. Uh, it was quite disappointing, and uh, but then I realized that hey, still. Still young, right? So I have to start from somewhere and then I have to gain experience because the reason that they were not hiring me, they were looking for people with more experience in UAE with UAE law. So my uh, experience was only from the university and things that I have been taught in my own country. So I realized that no, it doesn't work like that. So I have to start looking for companies and work as an in house. I was lucky enough to to be offered a uh, a position in my field, an insurance company uh, in Dubai. So that was a good opportunity for me to learn. So what happened is that I entered as an in-house lawyer, but then very soon I realized that they were relying on me for even more responsibility, which is not even related to uh, my profession as a lawyer. It was more of a managerial skills so that was a good opportunity as well because i learned how to lead and how to manage people in in in, in a team it was a small team but yet it was a good experience for me as a young person who just graduated from university to learn so you can imagine you know you have to learn yourself and then you need to act as a as a manager manage people to manage manage
0: your your even in our industry, lots of people, they were like, I'm an amazing salesperson, I'm gonna start my own company. No. Managing people is something. Other other level people. Level. You can sell the world, but to manage people, keep them like motivated, do yeah. this, do that, the patience you have to put in, yeah. it's a really tough job. Yeah.
1: So I did that, uh, but I had in mind that as soon as I can apply for a job in a law firm, that's the destination. That's where I have to be. So while I was working there and gaining experience, uh, I was applying for another job in a law firm, and thankfully I was able to to find a job with a very very reputable law firm in Dubai that they had small group of uh, clients, but all elite type of clients they had, and, uh, representing uh, ministers, sheikhs, and uh, high high net worth individuals. Um, when I joined there, it was interesting. There were two groups of lawyers, uh, Westerns and Arabs. Arabs couldn't speak English, Westerns couldn't speak Arabic. I was the only person who was able to communicate in both languages. So imagine, such a big law firm, they all needed me just to... you know, I was the link in
0: between these yeah. two, they were the slums. Yeah. you know? Yeah.
1: So, language is, is something that you would really benefit from. Um, and then, so there were senior lawyers who were teaching me stuff because they knew that they need me at one point. So they wanted to uh, kind of be friend with me in order to uh, accomplish what they had in mind. But I, I didn't mind, I was helping everyone, yet I was thinking to grow, learn, and then uh, jump. Even higher from, from the position that I was. So it was a good, it was a good experience back there. Do you remember the first case that you took? Oh. So being a junior lawyer, I was not able to handle cases on my own. Uh, I was uh, assisting other senior lawyers, but I would clearly tell you that yes, I do remember it was a commercial dispute. Uh, the client was an Indian gentleman, very, very successful in business. We helped them with their their commercial case, and we
0: won. (laughs) That's great. Now I want to know about the first case that you took and you lost.
1: Ah, okay. Um, See, losing a case is something that you can never refrain from. I have a policy. I never take on cases that I feel that the chances of winning is quite low. The reason that I don't do this are a few things. Number one, I don't want to be known for a lawyer who lost a case. And number two is that I feel it's unfair for clients to promise them that you will win the case for the mere fact or the intention that I just want to take that case and benefit financially from it. So what I do, I always explain exactly and honestly that What are the chances of you winning your case? If I don't see uh, a high chance, I will not represent that client. Still, when you feel that your case is a winning case, everything is indicating there is no guarantee that you will win. Exactly. but I mean,
0: I'm asking you about the first case that you lost. Why? Because I am firm believer that when we lose, we will feel down the same day or after but our brains always give us ways to overcome it, learn from what we have done as a mistake, or what we have done, we have to prevent what we have done, To Become better, Mm. so that's the only reason I'm asking you about it. If you remember it from that day, what did you feel? You will never forget that you slept or not. You know, how was that night? And the next day, did you feel like you want to go back to work? You felt embarrassed coming to your firm, and how how did you overcome Mm. all of this Mm. stuff?
1: Um, okay, maybe you don't expect this answer, but the case that I lost. It was a whole different type of a case. The case was a winning case. I would never forget that. And we represented the client in the best possible way. Why did we lose the case? Judge decided to appoint an expert in that area, in that matter, because they felt that an expertise uh, opinion is, is required. So the expert was appointed we attended so many meetings with this expert. Everything seems to be very clear in, in our favor, and uh, the the uh, the report was prepared based on the conversation and all the submissions that we did. Anthony, the report was so much in our favor. To the extent that I was making the joke that if I sat and wrote that uh, report in favor of my client, I wouldn't be able to mm-hmm. write as such as the, the expert wrote. So I was super happy. So Everything it seems is to done. Yeah. Everything is done. You know. So I already informed the client, I said, see, 90% of the job has been done. That's what I learned from my mistake, never promise a client about how much The case is a winning case because you can never guarantee the outcome. So my representation, 100%. I was super proud of it. The expert report, 100% in our favor. All the facts, everything is in our favor. The judge dismissed our case. Out of nowhere. They had their own reasons. I still believe that, you know, um, those opinions were challengeable. So of course we appealed, we went to the court of cassation. It was never overruled. We lost that
0: case. We lost but that case. You gained case. a lot of knowledge. Absolutely. <clears throat> that you never take university Absolutely. or nowhere. Unless yeah, you're gonna get it on the field. Yeah. You have to you
1: have to be in the, the battlefield, you have to experience it firsthand, and then you will learn from it. I had two approaches. You know, I could react in two ways. Either get depressed and say that, no, the system is not working, I cannot work like this.
0: It was unfair and whatever. So how
1: I can guarantee that my upcoming (laughs) cases will be successful, how I can guarantee to my clients, you know, to take the the negative approach. Instead, I will be honest with you, I was quite depressed for two, three days. Quite depressed. I didn't want to speak with anyone. Yeah, Because when you are building hope on something, and then all of a sudden you feel that the ground... It's, you know, it's, it's crazy you know you feel defenseless. You so <clears throat> I didn't want to speak with anyone but then very soon I came back to my senses I said hey this is one case you, you, it's, a, it's a, a learning process why did you think that your learning process has stopped these are all teaching you stuff so I learned and I uh, came back to my senses and I was
0: all ready for another fight Amazing. Tell me from there, where did you feel like uh, specializing in real estate, Uh, what's your main goal, you know, because like, I mean, being a lawyer, I like that. Yeah, Mm -hmm. I mean, that's what I believe, like everyone on this planet has a message to deliver or Mm -hmm. some novel, something to do, so... You specialized in the real estate sector. Yeah. You could have taken domestic or whatever, but you specialized in real estate. So what got you into the real estate? All right. Um,
1: the situation was like this. that I used to work for this law firm for four or five years. And while I was there, I had a client, a very, very nice gentleman, who I used to handle all his matters in my firm, in, in the firm that I used to work. So after a while, he approached me and told me that Arash, you're handling all my cases and no one else is here working on this, so why don't you come and join me as an in-house lawyer? And I said, well, I don't know, I want to work for a law firm. Then I thought that okay, working as a law firm. I already gained so much experience in a law firm, maybe I can use it now in 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 a private company. And I knew this person, I trusted him, and I knew that I have so much to learn from him because he was a very successful businessman. Then I studied it, and then I said, that, why not? Your, it's a new idea? opportunity. Let, me, let me start. A very good package, uh, I'll tell you, I received from him. And I, I shifted to, to in-house again. This gentleman, one of his biggest companies, because he had a group of companies, one of his biggest companies was a real estate investment company, which I was totally uh, not familiar with the ins and outs of of real estate. But there, I fell in love with it. There I felt that, oh my God, I love properties. I love investing myself, I love learning about it, and I love the law related to uh, properties and real estate. I learned over there, and very soon, I feel that I felt that this is the area that I want to be specialized in. So basically, I didn't take a master and, and such because we don't. I don't even think that we have a. You know, perhaps we have real estate uh, law master, but I never took any master degree. Yet I got experience in that field. So I'm right now. I'm taking all kinds of cases, uh, but I'm more focused on, on real estate law.
0: And you're very known for the real estate <laughs> uh, I mean like uh, Very active on social media yes. We see you talking about cases You're giving free advices That most lawyers would charge a lot Just to okay. even it's This crazy, consultation right? uh, Going full branding Which makes you like known for everyone In the industry uh, In the real estate So You joined the gentleman You handed the portfolio And then Okay This is the
1: interesting part. Maybe it's interesting for your audience as well. Uh, There were two shifts in my whole career. And I think that this helped me to reach where I am right now. See, Anthony, the, the security and having a peace of mind and being in your comfort zone is really pleasant, really pleasant to the extent that you get addicted to it leaving that comfort zone will be like a terrifying thing. It's like a nightmare. Why, why do I need to do that? So this package that I just referred to, it was so pleasing, it was so interesting, that I felt that I want to be I'm in this whole for yeah mm-hmm. forever. I don't, I don't want to change. But me being me, yeah, I'm always up for challenges. Mm-hmm. I always want to experience more and learn more and, 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 and explore more. After many years, we faced the crisis, we had so many issues, right? So, at one point, I realized that this cannot continue like this. I cannot be employed the rest of my life. This is not me, this is not what I want. But I was lost. I knew that this is not what I want. I didn't know what I have to become or what should I do. But when you want something, and you deeply ask for it i truly believe that you will see signs god will send people to you as your guides and they will guide you so I, w- I was approached by a gentleman in a coffee shop he called me up he said that i want to meet with you the person that i i knew of and later on turned out that person to be uh, a crook a scammer part of a bigger band who was planning to scam me as well. So he came and he met with me. We had a full-on conversation. Very soon I realized that was the story behind it. But even your enemy sometimes can teach you something useful. This person introduced me to motivational speakers. Okay. Anthony, you might be surprised, but at that point, I never knew what is motivational speakers. I never searched on YouTube or seen any videos as such yeah? But then he told me that Go home and listen to this guy Les Brown, I don't know if you know of him Of course, yeah? he's one
0: of the who started all of this <laughs> yeah, uh, exactly He was in Dubai even like a few he months back. Yeah, yeah So
1: He told me to go and watch this video on YouTube I said, all right I never forget, I went to Turkey and There was a business uh, trip we were buying a full tower in, in one of uh, uh, these new projects in Turkey. So I was sitting in the hotel, so I, w- I was drafting contracts the whole day, negotiation meetings, etc. And at night I sit and draft, 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 the morning, and then again go for another meeting. All of a sudden I remembered this guy and I remembered the link that he sent me. I started watching that. Anthony, I was on fire. Yeah, I was on fire I was fired up with that because it was saying exactly what I needed to hear at that point. That you need to be hungry. That was the title. You need to be hungry. This is this that was the call that reminded me of who I want to be and what I want to become, and this is not where I need to be. I cannot be an employee anymore. That night changed my life. That night, I made my decision that as soon as possible, I will leave this company, and I will start something that I can uh, be like a self-employed. So this change happened in the worst scenario
0: that you can imagine. It makes sure you remember when you had to come to your mom and say, "I'm going to be a doctor." Oh. It had the same feeling when you're "Come to this gentleman and tell him," you know, we go way back, but that's about. But I for uh, you to move on, it I this think it's hard, you
1: know? Let me put it this way. It was very hard, but the decision itself for me to let go of this dream job, let go of this comfort zone, that was much harder than that confrontation. So when I decided to do that, it was a situation that I was about to become a dad. Yeah. And, uh, you know the, the responsibility feeling that hey, you, you know, be worried. you have someone. to be the best
0: father, and uh, we rely on
1: you all the expenses, all the responsibilities, everything was attacking me, but I knew that no, this is what I want. To and be. they
0: say, with the kid comes the blessing, but also comes big bills with the, the responsibility, kids. <laughs> exactly. True, <laughs> it's a
1: blessing, but <laughs> yeah.
0: so yeah, so. You know, you cannot really rely on
1: those sayings. So
0: all that you had back then was the faith that you are destined for something better yes. and you will be better. Nothing else. There was no uh, support from anyone telling you, don't worry, God forbid you will fail. I'm right. here next to you. you nothing. nothing. So you had yourself, beliefs, and you jumped on the gray area as we call it because no one knows True. when you jump what you're going to face. True. Uh, <clears throat> and...
1: I'm a type of person that I don't like asking help, financial help especially, uh, I never went to ask my family to support me financially. When I came to Dubai, Anthony, I had to uh, rent an apartment in h smallest apartment that you can ever imagine.
0: I How was small. It was smaller than mine. Mine was 300 <laughs> square feet. I don't know if you can beat that. No. <laughs> yeah. Here you go. I think it was a bit, a bit, a bit larger. Yeah. But
1: uh, I couldn't even afford to buy all the kitchen appliances that I needed to to start with. I didn't have a cooker, so I had to work for one full month, get my paycheck, and then uh, buy a cooker for my apartment. So I started like that. But I could easily see that I have to progress from this lifestyle, but. I had patience, I worked and I worked and worked and then uh, I moved on. The second jump or shift, the way they call it, is when I got um, introduced to social media and I owe this to a good friend of mine, Spencer Lodge. Shout out to Spencer Spencer Lodge. He rocks. So he told me that, Arash, you have to be on social media. You have so much to
0: offer. Why you're not there even by now? And he knows how to press your button, you say. When you have any case back home, he knows how to push you in a very nice way. And then you would see
1: him. You would see him, how active he is, how busy he is, yet he is super active on on social media. And then I saw an opportunity that, okay, this social media can grant me with what I had in mind. Because don't forget that I became a lawyer in order to help people. So. I felt that at this point I can use social media in order to give back to society, to share some knowledge with people free of charge, just to help them
0: as much as I can, to meet people we met through social media so, we yeah, never saw each other yeah, maybe until last year that it, we creates met a opportunity. Exactly. it creates opportunities
1: a, a huge opportunities for me it created. but at
0: least we can say it connects you to the like-minded people it filters the way it's like someone is interesting I'll follow him I'll grab his content and vice versa yeah. you know?
1: and you learn a lot from it of so when you are putting yourself out there exposed to different opportunities um People will approach you, you would see new faces, you learn from new people. So I said with you, we do this podcast and I learn so much from you, you know. You hear some of my experiences, perhaps you would learn a thing or two. Of course, and it's
0: always a brain opener to ideas, you know. And not to mention the the influence we just got from you, especially the army story. (laughs) For me this was like, wow coming here stranger you know i remember when i came here myself thinking i own the world and i found out myself very small in this world so yeah i mean like uh, you have an amazing story that, that's that's,
1: <laughs> that's 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 how you how you know you you should visualize it this is this is my bottom line you know you have to visualize you know to see yourself in what you want to become and then just work work as hard as you can to reach there
0: amazing now let's get into uh, technicalities where we know like most of the cases that you will be handling it's not gonna be between a tenant and the landlord failing to do payment i think most major is like uh, issues between buyers and developers and they reach a point where they cannot settle or discuss it so they had to go lawyer so can i know what are the common issues between developers and buyers
1: yeah um there are, there are plenty, but the two main uh, matters they can raise here is the first one is discrepancy. So they promise to deliver something and then something else will be delivered or the uh, specification will differ from what they have mentioned in their contract. So up to a certain level, it's allowed by law. Yeah, but if it's a major one, then it will raise so many questions. Let
0: us give a case. Let's say a developer sold me a unit for 1200 square feet and by the time of the handover, this unit is 1000 square feet. Mm -hmm. Second case, they sold me a unit that's supposedly overlooking the beach and now it's overlooking the community. Mm -hmm. As a buyer that I have signed willingly the SPA, what can I do in this case? So there are there are a couple of options that you have here
1: so obviously in the first scenario you have a clear ground for asking termination because it's a significant change in the area it gives you the chance to ask for termination and full refund of your money however there are investors that they decide to ask for compensation instead they will tell me no i have no problems i'm okay with one thousand in fact it will limit my
0: uh to so
1: investment and I'm happy to have it, yet I want compensation for this because I clearly purchased, uh, what you say 2000 something and I received 1000. And what
0: can be the compensation that a person can ask for? Would they want uh, like a big refund on that area, or they will can say, "I want to stay in this flat without paying surface charges for the rest of my life"? Like, what kind of options It open depends on
1: the negotiation that they can hmm. do with the developer, how flexible the developer is. But mainly, what I have seen is that they will ask for uh, uh, the the price difference. Okay. Because if you are buying as per square foot, you can calculate how much is the difference. And then, normally, you should even add to that as a interest and give it to the, to the buyer. So they reach around a, a figure and then they will uh, take that money and they, they own it. Or perhaps they will deduct it from the uh, the Sorry. last payment yeah. or from the reserve charges, mm-hmm. etc. Um, the other scenario that I can uh, describe here, aside from the discrepancies, is um, delay in handover. Uh, Now, due to the pandemic, it is happening a lot because they're not able to complete it as fast as they should. But there were plenty of other cases that we had before that some of the developers didn't uh, finish the uh, the construction work. So,
0: we know in UAE by law a developer is allowed to delay up to one year maximum. So, it's not by law.
1: But it's allowed. It's so the comment. So you is, will see yes. it on the SPA, saying that
0: yes. like he can delay by up to one year and the buyer cannot file a case. Correct. What will happen if it's delayed by 18 months? This remaining six months, what can a buyer do? Can he file a case saying I was supposed to rent or live in this property now, I have to rent another six months, I want the rent, or I need interest on the money I invested? What can a buyer do in this case? Uh,
1: it's It's their absolute right to ask for compensation and delay penalties. Some of developers, they have already stipulated this in their sell and purchase agreements, some of them have not. Uh, yet it will entitle the buyer to ask for compensation. That compensation will be determined, if not amicably decided, then it will be determined by an expert. will come, evaluate the situation, and will say that, pay okay, X amount of money you're entitled to receive as uh, late payment charges, which mainly they will look into the rent amount for that period, or if you can prove any other uh, damages, for fact, that you have encountered all these damages directly because of this delay, then you can add that as well. So um, that will be one option. The other option is that if you're not asking for compensation, then it gives you the right to ask for termination based on delay. So if the uh, uh, anticipated completion date has passed, the grace period that you refer to as past, okay, some developers they even add more, you know, they sneak these clothes in. <laughs> but then when that grace period has passed, immediately you can serve notice in most cases. And uh, after the serving the notice, if they haven't handed over the property to you, it gives you the, uh, the ground to file a legal pursuit against the developer and ask for termination and full refund of your money.
0: We uh, are seeing also different cases, you know, like the post-handover payment plans were probably introduced in 2018. Mm. Before it used to be 40, 60, 50, 50, the payment plan. And then a buyer gets a property and for any reason he wants to resell this property. What's happening for the next buyer that he cannot inherit the same existing payment plan that was offered for the initial buyer me personally i don't see the logic behind it because this developer is getting his money uh, but in case the buyer wasn't informed by this the main answer would be like you should have went to your SPA clause by clause and it's your fault or there is something that uh, the existing buyer can do about it.
1: Yeah, I had a, a video about that as well. The situation is like this, that you cannot expect the second buyer to inherit the same terms and clauses of your SPA automatically. Although common sense says that you should be allowed because you are buying something same scenario, same circumstances, you are selling it to someone else. I'm just switching that on. person should, should should have the same SBA. However, in many situations we have seen that developers they are putting a, a clause in their agreement precisely uh, addressing this point that if you are selling to a third party, that third party, there is absolutely no guarantee that we're going to give them the same terms and conditions. they might even change other terms of the agreement so you have no right to object you have no claims and you're already waiving all those uh, rights so the moment you sign your own
0: spa to purchase it you're already waiving your right to object if your second buyer will not receive so there's no case no. in here no no, no. no need not to no because
1: the buyer as you mentioned you know has the right to read this they're not forcing you to
0: purchase this just read your agreement you're happy with the terms you sign you purchase you're not but some of them are two hundred fifty six pages. It's like the terms and condition on every application, where we scroll down, click so Anthony, that's, 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 wh- that's where we come into the picture. Right? I mean, like, I am the type of person, even, <coughs> I'm sorry, the SPA of five pages, I don't look at it. No one reads it. No one is speaking. Because I no. feel like they make it this way for you, not to either. Just, just the money, let me sign, right. give me my title, deal. thank this you. This is lawyer's job,
1: Anthony. I even read the terms and condition of an application that I'm downloading on my phone. Wow. I sit and read that terms and condition. <laughs> well, not that I can do anything patient. about it. Yeah. Not. That do anything about it, but I like doing that. That's what, that's what I do for my clients. I have so many real estate investors that they don't even bother reading the agreement at all. They just send it to me immediately. I read it. I give them the go ahead. They just sign it. You know, so because they know that even if they read it, there might be so many clauses that they won't even know that how they drafted it in a way that perhaps there would be something against them.
0: Honestly speaking, I got to know now every developer's SPA in 2020 because of COVID, because most of the buyers who invested, unfortunately, they had cases, some got terminated. Uh, some stayed in the job but with a fraction of the salary Uh, some really didn't know where he's heading so they were all sending me the SPAs and telling me what can we do, how can we defer payments. So uh, knowing Dubai, Dubai are always generous lots of developers they deferred payment for three months, some of them for six months Uh, but something happened and until now I'm sure no one in the city understood it and please help us understand this idea we all know the term force majeure yes okay when something happened out of the hand of everyone Mm -hmm. okay the the pandemic usually is considered as a force majeure because no one have even anticipated or see it coming and some spas we see that it mentions in case of force majeure a developer has to delay by a year or so without even having to notify the buyer mm-hmm. which is okay, it's acceptable but what most of them they're not understanding, even myself since you're delaying for three months or six months or a year why you are calling the people claiming installments if you're not doing the work? you're not doing the work because the city got locked no one can move, no labels, no one, no, we understand it But if you're saying this is a force majeure and I'm gonna delay you by one year extra, why you're calling me asking me for payments where I don't see construction coming? Mm -hmm. Very good point. See, um,
1: the force majeure is something that predicted by law and most of the agreements already has that article. First thing that we need to bear in mind is that the clause has to be clear. So it's not like the moment we say force majeure, finish, we can relate everything to this uh, clause. No, the clause has to be drafted in a way that actually uh, explains and covers all these matters. So there could be some clauses that is not usable. Some clauses is pretty much clear and we can use it in in case of uh, our clients. So that's number one that we need to first make sure of then you're saying that the developer is using this force majeure clause Uh, Anthony the construction uh, period is a lengthy period we're talking about many years the pandemic happened recently and it's for sure the lockdown the actual lockdown two months or less less than two months yeah yeah but let's say that the extreme time was two months that basically everybody was like struggling yeah this two months, in, in comparison with few years, is nothing. Of course. So the developer cannot use this pandemic or this short period of time and justify their long delay because there are developers that they delayed for many years, you know? So they cannot come and say that, no, we have force majeure, we have pandemic, therefore we are not, uh, 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 you know, in a situation to hand over or we should not be penalized or whatsoever. No, that cannot be justifiable. And I'm sure that we will see soon many more judgments issued uh, that will reject this kind of claim if it's related only to this uh, period. But if, yeah, if, you know, people they have purchased and they were supposed to have received the handover now during the pandemic, and then they will say that because of pandemic, then yes, that's acceptable. So to answer your question, why they are asking for payment, the
0: because there is no case at the court we have two types of SBA we have one that will say you buy from me you give me 10-15 down payment keep paying and then certain amount will be following the milestone of the construction correct this is what i was saying and you have one which is dated okay mm. the one dated Let's say on this installment, number seven or eight, I was supposed to see 40% construction, but unfortunately it's still 27% construction. You're calling me telling me you have an installment to pay, and you have 30 days, if you don't do it, I'm gonna impose on you late penalty fees. And this is what's getting people like really annoyed, like it's a give and take, you build, I pay. You're okay. delayed building, I'm gonna delay paying It's not I stopped, mm. but mm. I'm following what I'm getting. Correct. That's the major issue of my clients. And that's what we'd like to know from you, what can be done because end of the day, if a developer is imposing late penalty fees, and if he doesn't want to waive it or remove it, he can. Mm. Yeah. See, we have different approaches here now. I have
1: clients that they are not able to pay, even the normal installments, yeah, because of the, the situation that they have. So we are filing cases against developers to restructure the payment for them. And I will tell you that we will get judgments in client's favor, because we are applying to this uh, first major
0: clause and we can easily prove the situation of the client. It's, there's no doubt about it. Yeah, whether he got terminated or he got 50% reduction yes. on his salary. Yeah, or he got uh, sick. He got the the virus, you know, and he was paralyzed in the hospital,
1: couldn't do anything. Anyways, so that's the situation that we are trying to help the clients when it comes to court cases. On the other hand, is that if they have agreed on a certain dates irrelevant to the stages, they have already agreed on the dates. Yeah. But if it's related to the construction stages, it doesn't give the developer the right to ask for their end of the bargain uh, sorry for the client's end of the bargain yet they are failing in uh, delivering that stage this is where the land department should come in the picture this is where the land department should not entertain the idea of uh, forcing this payment request unless if they actually deliver because they are the only party who is supervising on on the progress they know exactly where they have reached Therefore, they will allow them that, okay, now you reached to this level, you're entitled to uh, ask for more money, as per the, the contracts. So the money goes to the Esper account, where, again, the land department is sitting on top of it, right? So this is where the land department should, but I think that more or less there are. Developers, if they are pushing on the payments, it's not backed up by land department. They are doing it in a rogue way. Yeah, They're asking, many the emails, you yeah, want the yeah, they, would do, they would try to get money, and they would try to say that if you don't pay, we will charge you penalties. But of course, if, if it comes to that point, clients can always
0: uh, complain. Object about yes, it. Um, they can take it like uh, to the court. Yeah, yeah. Because you're forcing them to pay. And they have they a matter. very good chance of winning really it. Who? The client. The clients. The client, because see if, if in case of a milestone, not the day. Yes, yes. yes. Because they haven't delivered,
1: they are forcing you to pay. Mm-hmm. You haven't paid based on this objection. Because don't forget that when you receive a notice from land department, what does it say? You as per the contract, you are supposed to make this payment. You have thirty days to send us your objection and the reason that you have not paid. It means that they are keeping the room for you to explain that hey, they haven't delivered,
0: why should I pay? And lots right? of buyers don't know this, like you have rights in here. You have a government, you have a Dubai and Department, you have amazing stars such as Thank I to Take help you on, on this stuff. I mean like I I hear that a lot, like telling me, who am I to find a giant developer like that? And this is a very wrong mentality. That's the city of flows where they started an escrow account to make you safe investing in Dubai. Everything is documented, everything in here happens. That uh, securing the buyer making sure he's getting what he invested for getting the returns at least what he's looking for and making sure that the sales transaction whether it's done physically or online remotely is valid and it cannot be avoided in this way Um, guide me now through the tenants because now tenants mostly are having issues mostly they're getting uh, as we said terminated or getting deduction on their salaries Uh, And we have seen multiple changes in the laws in the last few months. Mm. Like nowadays, I'm giving myself an example. I'm a tenant. I rented a property. I got terminated yesterday. Mm. I don't have any other income. I've already given checks for the landlord and the security deposits. Mm. I do have a proof of termination. What can I do? First
1: thing you should do, you should start communicating with your landlord. If you have proof that you've been... Uh, terminated or your salary was reduced uh, significantly first thing you need to do is to send an email to your landlord start communicating with them try to do it friendly yeah so you sit with your landlord you explain your situation and you will ask for help you know we should be a little bit uh, humble when it comes to the situation And try to do this uh, first, you know, friendly on on an amicable basis. And then explain your situation and perhaps even show the proof of your termination or your salary cut to your landlord. Try to get uh, a good deal from him. Either they postpone your payment, they will reduce your rent, uh, or they, they help you, you know, to exit the contract without paying compensation.
0: If they agree, please step. Because, i tell you something, um, unfortunately, it's mm-hmm. not like the landlords, uh, they are bad people or they just care about They the have money. mortgage to pay. Thank you. you know, Most of them, of they have bought the property waiting yeah. for the renter to come to pay the mortgage. Right. If the landlord is not okay by waiving you the money or by giving you a discount, can he tell you, I want to terminate this tenancy immediately or you have a week to vacate the unit? Well, if you agree, because see, you have a valid contract, yeah. So no
1: one can f- force you out of your of the apartment. If you see that he is not willing to give you any discounts or uh, deferment or whatever, what you have as an option is to leave the apartment, finish, once, and get apartment. your checks back
0: without yeah, yeah, trying yeah. to so cash at, it. And if the
1: landlord it. is saying so that he will give you back your checks and terminate finish, you end your contract and then you will exit, but make sure that everything is documented in, in writing. Yeah? But if the landlord did not agree, and I have seen plenty of landlords they did not agree, Yeah. so then it gives you the right to go and file a case against the landlord in Dubai Rental Dispute Center and ask the court to either um, reduce your rent or to cancel your tenancy contract and waive your
0: compensation. I think like finding a case to terminate the contract is more fair than finding a case on a landlord forcing him to drop the rent. Because end of the day, it's all about the person. I know landlords that they said, stay three months for free. Let's see what's gonna happen to you. I say some people said, defer your payments. Mm -hmm. Me, myself, with my tenants, I said, you know what? Now we just have to worry about you and your family to stay safe. I'm going to defer it for you for three months. After three months, we see the situation. And this amount, we can add it as a bit of payment plan at the end of the year. So all of us, we can be happy in this situation. Of course, you give minor discounts. But at end of the day, you know, that's been a loyal tenant for you for the past four or five years. Mm-hmm. You've never faulted a payment or a check. So it's about this one. I'm just talking in this case because These investors, mainly they don't live in Dubai, they are outside, they don't know the tenant, they don't know the practice. All the connection was between the two is one agent and maybe this agent disappeared. So for a total stranger as a tenant to contact, let's say, John or Khaled or whoever he is, Mm -hmm. by email telling him, hey, I'm your tenant, this happened to me. Mm. It's not like people Mm. knowing each other for years, Mm. so uh, what they can do, as you said, either they will terminate the contract immediately or they will try to force the landlord to to, reduce the the price.
1: So when we say reduce it, it's mainly in the situation that the rent is quite high, uh, absolutely higher than the The market value. Yeah. So in those situations, definitely, or I can't—I will never say definitely—but most probably the judge will uh, rule in their favor and will reduce it. Because don't forget that there are tenants that they don't want to move. I've heard that there was a survey going on during the pandemic, and they asked people, they asked tenants whether they'd like to um, move between houses or stay in the same house and try to negotiate. Seventy percent of people they voted that they want to stay. So the intention
0: is not moving out. The intention is to stay. <clears throat> so, no one wanted to go do grocery back then, you know? You know? How about moving house and movers coming and all yeah. this stuff? Yeah,
1: know? so so they would, they would prefer to stay. So this is the point that I, I, when I sit with landlords, I tell them, guys, you need to understand this. The tenant wants to stay. They don't want to move out. And you consider the situation if, say, they left. How long is it going to take you to find a to new tenant a new one, exactly. and how long your house will be empty? No ROI on your investment. Think about that before you know you act so tough on your landlord. So they don't, they, not all of them act like you, they are not all of them that um, they try to understand the, landlord, the tenant situation also, they
0: mainly they look at their own. I was very surprised Arash. Yeah. the people who I thought they are tough. They were the nicest people. And the people who thought they are kind landlords were the, let's say, more strict. Mm. Let's keep it to more strict. They were like, no, this is not my concern. Wow. Like, even I remember a case where I had the girl. She's 26 years old. No job at all because she was living, she was working in the a nightlife business mm. of the clubs. And mm. everything was shut. Ch- so zero income, zero savings, zero everything. Mm-hmm. And he called her, he was like, "This is not my business. You have five days to leave the house." And she called me and she was like, "Do you know any shelters in here or basements oh, yeah. and steam?" so I called them and I'm like, my dear, consider this as your daughter or as a sister in a total stranger country where she has no one to help her. Would you accept she would be treated this way? And his main answer was like, that's why I work hard to make sure my daughters have their own home. Oh my god. And this I was like super surprised because I thought he's one of the sweetest person. And then we helped the girl to stay in an hotel apartment for a month. You know, until she found, uh, she could have moved with a friend, and she she did what she had to do. So this was my. I was yeah, this time everywhere. showed us really, uh, like who are the reliable people on tough situation, and who are the people who are just into business without having any emotions. End of the day, we're not here to judge. Everyone has his own conscience, his own vision. Arash. This was extremely amazing. Thank you Thank so you. much. We could have talked for six hours, <laughs> getting to laws, getting a new life, but we have a limited time doing Thank this podcast. Thank you so much. Appreciate that. Uh, for everyone listening, feel free to reach us on Instagram, LinkedIn, Facebook, uh, and now on TikTok. T- on TikTok, uh-huh. also, he's doing his stuff by the name of Araj He's always available, very active person, and I'm sure Thank he you. will be more than happy to answer all of your sure. questions. Good Thank good you, Araj, for coming. Thank you. My See pleasure. you all the next week. Thank you. Thanks.